Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here for the Thursday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, your thoughts on hour number one? Oh, it was, I mean, in the pantheon of great hour number ones yep. uh, in our show's history, right up there. Right up there with like the top, day after a Super Bowl. Top 50. I think first day of March Madness. Uh, wow. Remote shows that we've been on. I mean, all right there in the top 10. It is officially the weekend. We declare Thursday's the weekend because that's when football kicks off. Yep. The the impactful football game. I know we've got some Conference USA games and, and other conferences that'll be kicking off on random Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But football's back and the weekend's back on Thursdays. And we encourage people not to work on Fridays. Another reason we call it the weekend. If you would like to do that. If you yeah. have the means, then don't show up to work on a Friday. Yeah. That, that's another that's, movement we're starting. Yeah, that, that's not bad. Coming up in uh, 20 minutes, we joined by Armando Salguero. Our Outkick's senior NFL rider, uh, uh, tons to dive into, including uh, the former Bears defensive coordinator as of yesterday, Alan Williams, who abruptly resigned. And, you know, Ian Rappaport's got some further details on this where no one is saying that, that Williams' home wasn't raided by the FBI. But everyone, including the Bears, are saying the police never showed up to Hallis Hall. That was circulating... Uh, yesterday on social media and uh, beyond that Rappaport says the FBI did not raid Hallis Hall today the league is not involved Peanut Tillman is not involved whatsoever in this matter it's an odd story I just but every one group is saying one thing but yet yeah. they won't acknowledge another part of it about whether or not his home was raided yet Alan Williams personal attorney said that his home wasn't raided by the FBI but what does raided mean is there another definition we're leaving out here? Did they go and knock on his door for something? And what does health concerns mean and family concerns that no one will comment on one way or the other? And then at the it's end of the very statement, odd saying situation. he's going to return to football. He's going to be a coach again. And his attorney was also saying that. His agent was also saying that. A bizarre day, top to bottom, uh, at Hallis Hall. You've got offensive coordinator Luke Getze, uh, who the, the coordinators speak on Thursdays. He spoke today. To the media and and Getsy was like, "Look, uh, this is Fields being a leader. Uh, there's no friction. And by by the way, uh, all the all indications, all reports are uh, Fields and Getsy are very close. Like he goes over to Getsy's home to break down film with him, or they'll go over just to you know talk about matchups and different things. But I you know it, I'd be frustrated too if I'm Justin Fields and I'm sta standing in the pocket." I also buy into the fact that you need to have a pocket presence to be solid in the NFL. But five, five quarterback attempts on the run game by him in two games is not that style. That's not why you draft Justin Fields. That's not why uh, you put stock into him instead of keeping the number one overall pick. Well, and we're going to talk with our next guest about how to utilize a player like Justin Fields and what can happen when you silence one part of a quarterback's game and you don't embrace it and you don't call plays and design an offense for that player, 
Uh, maybe what we're seeing in Chicago happen with Justin Fields. When they get confirmation that Donovan is uh, with us, he's not there yet. Okay. Uh, so here is uh, uh, Fields. He said he talked about thinking too much on the on the field. Uh, he said he needs to get back to playing free and being myself. I read into that just being able to just take off and run. Now that doesn't mean one run, one read and and bolt, but I mean the games last year were close in some of these losses because of Fields' running ability. Yeah. And they only have two design runs in play calls for him. So I, far. I don't understand why anyone would draft a quarterback like Justin Fields and what they saw at Ohio State and decide, you know, I'm going to make this guy Scott Mitchell. He's going to be a pocket passer. It, well, th- those that's guys all didn't gonna, draft him. That's all I'm going to do with him. Those guys didn't draft him. Well, if you inherit him, uh, regardless of what you do with him. So you're just trying to well, sabotage your team? No, uh, no. I, and I've said this for the last couple, a year and a half, Chad. They, they have done nothing to benefit Justin Fields like no. other second-year quarterbacks now, third year. And Matt Nagy leaves after one year with Justin Fields. They bring in a defensive-minded head coach. And now you have this confusion going on in Chicago. Donovan McNabb joins us, host of the Five Spot uh, across the Outkick Network, which debuted uh, on Tuesday. And it will hit every Tuesday and Friday here on the Outkick Network. We're thrilled about this. Uh, and it, uh, number the, the first episode was tremendous. We've got uh, his co-host on this, Armando Salguero, who will be on in 15 minutes. Donovan, great to have you back on, man. We're thrilled to have you a part of all this. Thank you for having me, guys. I look forward to uh, just being able to grow uh, with this beautiful network and also be able to expand uh, just from talking X's and O's and having a great time talking all sports. Uh, Armando, we, we've kind of clicked and, and kind of gelled where we want to continue to have fun and uh, hopefully our listeners enjoy each and every show uh, and go from there. Uh, it, your it, audio sounds great, yeah, Donovan. That's, that's step number one in all this. When, yeah. you're, when your video and audio <laughs> looks as good as yours, you, that's step one is, is knocked out. So great job there. Yeah, we thank you, thank you. We I like would to like say, to say I did it all myself, oh. but uh, you know I got it done. We also like to say if if you can't get along with Armando Salguero, that's a you problem, not an Armando problem. Uh, I agree with you. I agree he with is you. Legit. With um, X's and O's. Well, let's start with yeah. Justin Fields, and we can head into some other areas with the Bears. But Sounds what do you good. what do you make of his comments and the fact that he circled back in the afternoon after morning uh, a morning media session? to clarify or make sure that he wasn't pointing fingers at anyone but himself uh, when what he said prior to practice wasn't wrong? Well, you know what the thing about it, I think sometimes we take bits and pieces of of an interview and we make it a story. Uh, I understood exactly what he was trying to to say. Uh, But one thing we have to understand is these young guys, and we went through it with Zach Wilson uh, and his comments last year and the year before, uh, but Justin, to me, and I've known Justin for a little bit and watched him over the years, Justin is a passionate guy. And, and I think it comes out in every interview that he has, win or loss after a game. Uh, and I think right now it's kind of a tough time for what's going on in Chicago, but you're learning a little bit more about Justin and his passion for the game, for the t- for his team, and for obviously his play. He worked extremely hard through the offseason. Yes, he's not playing at the caliber in which he could lead this team to be very successful. But also, you have to take into account, if you're watching the film, the calls that are being made. We've seen the success of of Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears last year in the running game and also playing off of that play-action game. Now it seems that they're trying to create him, put him in a box, so to speak, of becoming a pocket passer. 
when a development happens over time, not just boom, we're going to run it just through the offseason, we're going to run it through the preseason, and all of a sudden it's going to be um, a big spectacle because we have another wide receiver in uh, that could help us in the passing game. He's going to learn. It's going to be slow. But his comments alone, yes, maybe he shouldn't have mentioned the coaches. Maybe he shouldn't have mentioned his teammates. But what he was saying is everyone has to elevate their game, including himself. He held himself accountable, and that's the main thing. And I think us as listeners, we have to understand that, and we have to see where this is going to go forward. And, and reading the comments versus hearing him and watching him make those comments, way different. I thought he came across as a leader uh, yes. and, I, and I really, I really like him. Uh, he's he doesn't yes. come across as a jerk or conceited no. or holier than thou. Uh, I think he's got a good mindset on, on what he's trying to do. But right. I, I also agree with him. Like it, 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 there, I understand why he feels robotic because he You're feels right. uh, stuck in a box. Well, the thing about it, I mean, when you watch this offense, first of all, their left tackle was getting beat at least sixty percent of the time during the game. <laughs> uh, you're getting pressure up the middle. Uh, yes, the passing game wasn't clicking and the rhythm wasn't there. So, yes, that leads to kind of turmoil when it comes to the offensive plays being called. Uh, but there were plays where guys were right on top of each other in routes, and it shouldn't be that way. Their spacing was bad. Uh, yes, he missed some open receivers. Uh, but, you know, as a quarterback, when things aren't going well, you're trying to find a way to get the ball out of your hands and get things going. I mean, I heard a comment from one of the Tampa Bay linebackers, David, uh, to mention that they ran the same formation and the same play and, and then tried to run that screenplay, which led to an mm -hmm. interception. Uh, and so, again, when defenses are diagnosing you throughout the course of the game and you're trying to run the same plays in the same formation, that means there's no creativity. Uh, so for the Chicago Bears, did we really think they were going to come out and go 11-6 and six, or did we think they were going to go 12-5? and five? No. And in that division alone, besides the talent that maybe Minnesota may have, I mean, it's going to be a struggle all throughout the season in the NFC North. So I just think for what we're going to see going forward from Justin Fields, you'll see Justin Fields tuck it and pick up yards himself. But then I think they'll go start incorporating a little bit more of the quick game to get the ball out of his hands. How much of it for a young quarterback coming into the league is fit? Is, is, is that important for the team they go to, the offensive coaching? And even going back to your own personal experience, Donovan, in the league as a young guy – and when you look yep. at the three rookies starting, Bryce Young, who's going to be out this week, but started right. the first two games, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, which one of those quarterbacks have you enjoyed watching the most early on based on fit and what they're trying to do with those guys? You know, it's funny you bring that up. Um, this, this season alone, there's been ups and downs, and there's going to be ups and downs for rookies. There's going to be ups and downs for second-year quarterbacks. And possibly, in some, some regards, third-year quarterbacks. I mean, think of the draft class going back to Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields. None of them have really blown the doors off of, uh, of the NFL yeah. right now. And then you now you go to this year's draft. I think Anthony Richardson has shown us a lot of splash plays, using his legs, being able to throw the football in a play-action game. I think the development there is something that we've seen over the time with Jalen Hurts. And obviously, coming from Philadelphia, their head coach is bringing that same approach. When I watch C.J. Stroud, and I've always said this, and I, I mean, a lot of people didn't agree. I thought C.J. Stroud was the best passer in that draft. 
He's comfortable in the pocket. He came from an open-style offense, spreading the ball around, getting the ball downfield. Now everybody's tried to bring the negative aspect of it, saying it seems like every wide receiver from Ohio State is wide open. So it felt like he was throwing to wide-open receivers. I don't think that's anybody else's problem, but everybody that plays Ohio State. But I thought C.J. Stroud was the best passer. Now the best overall player I thought was Bryce Young. He was NFL-ready. And I think being in Carolina and you talk about fit, it's going to take some time for, for Frank Wright to get some pieces down there. He needs at least two receivers, a running back, offensive line. His defense now had to elevate and losing uh, Shaq Thompson. Uh, and so that's going to take some time to just be able to compete at a, at a consistent level in the NFC South. Donovan McNabb, our guest on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Where are the Miami Dolphins in your hierarchy of best team right now in the league? If they're not one, they're two. Um, Behind San and, Fran or? Well, I, I, I'm i still not on the Brock Purdy okay. train. Everybody's jumping on that bandwagon. I'm not there yet because I don't think that they've truly played a full, complete team like, a, like the Philadelphia Eagles when they were rolling. I don't think that they've played uh, a full, complete team. Now, they played the Miami Dolphins last year, and Tua was not the same. But I think if they played Tua this year, Right now, it will be a whole different outcome. So I, I definitely have them kind of interchanging from what I've seen, though. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not on the Brock Purdy train to, to bring them to number one. So I would say that they're the best team in the NFL right now. And I would have to say third would probably be the Dallas Cowboys. So, Donovan, I went on a show in Cleveland today, and they were asking me about Deshaun Watson. And they said apparently Deshaun Watson last night went on what they, they – he had a block party, meaning that he started blocking every media member in Cleveland on social media – so he couldn't see what they were saying. Um, mm-hmm. Are you concerned with what you've seen now through eight games with him as a Cleveland Brown so far, the six last year coming back and the first two this year? Absolutely not. I'm not concerned by any means. I mean, let, let's, let's take ourselves away from the media aspect and let's go into reality. This guy sat out basically two years. Um, and when he was there with the Houston Texans, they wouldn't allow him to even to play quarterback because they were afraid he was going to get out there and make their starting quarterback look awful and their backup quarterbacks look awful. They had him playing scout team safety. And he, you know, when he played scout team quarterback, it was almost to the point where they pretty much told him to stop practicing. So that's a whole year that he missed. Then coming over to Cleveland, where the whole situation is going on from a legal standpoint, he had to sit out 10 games and then comes back to finish the season off, that doesn't mean that he's now all of a sudden kicked the rust off and ready to go. So it's probably going to take about another three to four games for him to got, get going to what we've seen in, what, 20, was it 2018, 2019, 2020, somewhere in that, that yep, range? Yep, 2019. Uh, and so I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a developmental process from Stefanski of being able to figure out the right plays for Deshaun, especially now that Nick Chubb is out. Uh, so it's going to be more of a quick game, more of the intermediate passing game. But I'll tell you one thing. If he does get back on track, this Cleveland Browns team is going to be one that's going to be scary. Donovan McNabb is the host of the Five Spot on the Outkick Network. We've got about a minute left, and I want to just discuss the podcast. Tell us uh, the, the, the background behind it, the Five Spot, and uh, what you're looking forward to uh, each Tuesday and Friday. 
Well, the spot, fire spot, I want all our listeners to relax and enjoy themselves. It's nice. more of like a lounge period where we get a chance to talk, just like barbershop talk, talk a little bit about football, take a little bit about basketball, college football, uh, whatever the latest gossip is at that particular time. We won't dip, dig too deep in too much of the gossip, but we want to be able to let our listeners know of why things are happening, when the next thing that will be positive for some of these organizations will change, <laughs> uh, and then also who our picks are for that upcoming week uh, and be able to go into a little bit more of the game. And so uh, for prime example, when we went into the whole college aspect of the spat with Colorado and Colorado state, you know, people expected us to talk negative about the hit uh, on Travis Hunter. Um, And and I think what you're seeing now from college football and that hit, uh, this is where the game is from an NFL standpoint. Should the kid have been thrown out of the game? Yes, he should have from a college standpoint, from the college route. In the NFL, would he have been thrown out? No, he wouldn't. Uh, So I just think for all of our listeners as we go along, yes, you expect a little bit of NFL football, but we'll get deep into a lot of different things, especially this weekend from what the big games are on, on tap for college football. There's a ton of those. and uh, Hey, don't forget to put Syracuse Clemson in there as well. Uh, we, Chad can do that in his top games of the week, which he debuts uh, every every Friday, which is also when you can get the next uh, episode of The Five Spot. Hey, thanks so much, man, and uh, let's keep this rolling. We love the visit. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and make sure you tune in on Friday. It's going to be an explosive show. And we got it. Thanks, Donovan. Donovan McNabb, host of the five spot. Check it out right now at outkick.com and across the Outkick network, including YouTube, Facebook, and X. Headlines when we return in the NFL, which includes a massive injury, a key player done for the season for one of the best defenses in the NFL. Armando Salguero leads us off there, plus what's going on in Chicago. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great chat with Donovan McNabb, host of the Five Spot on the Outkick Network. You can also, by tuning into that, viewing that, streaming that, uh, catch our next guest. Armando Salguero joins us, Outkick senior NFL writer, and a lot going on across the NFL. Armando, good to see you. Oh, so I don't get a co-host thing? Oh, yeah, I did I did mention the co-host with Donovan. Here's the co-host okay. of the Five Spot. Armando right. Salguero joins us. Armando, yeah. how we, are you? We don't know how to introduce you anymore now that you, yeah. you're wearing so many hats, Armando. Yeah. A man of many I talents. I am wearing so many hats. It's yeah. like I got to change hats all over the place. There you go. Now he's wearing Marlins. Hey, uh, before we get to the whatever the craziness in Chicago, the news out of Dallas, not good. Trayvon Diggs out for the season with a torn ACL. What's the latest there? Yeah, so $97 million. Uh, uh, he yeah. is out. Uh, he just signed that too, right? A five-year deal. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And you know, I'm not going to predict what Jerry Jones does next, but does he 
just simply hand over the job to Bland? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, not much you can do about it this week, but um, I've got to look to see who is out there that might be available in a um, trade. B, um, you know, basically, guys, you're going to bring in now. It, it doesn't work. So uh, they have to go with with Bland right now and, and beyond that. It, of all the teams that can absorb a cornerback injury, I would say the Cowboys are one of the in the best position. Not because they have great cornerback depth, but because they put so much pressure on quarterbacks that while it doesn't diminish the worth of a cornerback, it certainly makes their life easier. And so what I would say to you is it's going to be all about quarterback pressure for the Dallas Cowboys for the foreseeable future as they try to, you know, limit quarterback damage. Yeah. And and to Armando's point, Bland, uh, Deron Bland, he's the nickel that, presumably could move outside. Also, to his point, Chad, the pass rush allows Igbenigany uh, to make some big plays already, some impact plays, based on how they're getting after the quarterback. Um, Speaking of quarterbacks who uh, spoke out yesterday, Justin Fields, and uh, the craziness, the the mystery behind former defensive coordinator, now Alan Alan Williams, and the, the rumors that were circulating yesterday about FBI raids, Peanut Tillman, uh, everything else that even Hallis Hall was supposedly rated, which uh, uh, the Bears have said that was absolutely false. What do you make of all of this? And uh, are you surprised we don't have further details to this point? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. Look, anytime your general manager is coming out and conducting a crisis management press conference, yeah. It's a bad week. In week three. Your... In week three. <laughs> yes. It's a bad time for your football team. And Ryan Poles, the general manager of the Chicago Bears, had to do that because they are 0-2. Their defensive coordinator quit under mysterious circumstances. And the quarterback doesn't know what he's talking about or at least can't explain how he feels including the fact that he's feeling that he was robotic. His word, not mine, robotic in a loss against Tampa Bay. So all those things coming together, you get a crisis management press conference by Ryan Poles today. Yeah, and also the statement from Williams yesterday where he says he's going to get healthy and uh, he's taking a step back for his health and uh, to be with family. But he also says he's going to return to coaching. But uh, this is also, I think what's getting lost here is he wasn't with the team last weekend. And the the team was very vague on why he wasn't there then. It wasn't just, oh, he's, you know, he's sick and he's taking care of himself. We'll, we'll let him talk about it. It was just, uh, we're, we're moving on and we've, we've got Eberflus calling plays. Everything is just weird within that organization. I know it's, it has been for decades, and here it is yet again. Well, as to Alan Williams, so he hires a lawyer 
to tell reporters that he has health issues uh, and, you know, personal issues. Personally, when I'm not feeling 100%, uh, I don't hire a lawyer. I go to a doctor. Yeah. You know, just, just saying. That's not the next logical step. Uh, so that was a little strange. Uh, obviously, the media plays its part, too, in, in the reporting of the federal agent raid on Hallis Hall, which did not happen. Uh, and so it, it looks a little bit wackier than it actually is. But but uh, it's 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 a situation that now Matt Eberflus, who is the head coach, also has to wear the hat of the defensive coordinator. And it doesn't account for the other strange tidings that include, oh, yeah, your starting quarterback. I've got a journalism question for you here, Armando. If you are covering a team, covering the league, and let's say you work at a, a media outlet, let's say it's the Chicago Sun-Times or whatever it may be, how often would you coordinate with someone who covers crime, covers the authorities? Because I feel like the whole truth on the FBI deal, that even Pat McAfee's coming out today and saying, our sources are saying that the FBI did visit his house, not Hallis Hall. Um, you could go to someone who covers the FBI locally or covers crime and find that part of it out, and we don't even have that element yet. Have you had to work with other journalists to figure out the other end of a story before? How does that work? Absolutely, uh, and not just to the, to the height of federal agent visiting a house, which, by the way, is not a raid. Right. Okay? Semantics so, here could be with the attorney saying no raid. Of the house, right? Well, no, he said no raid. That's the interesting part. No raid of Hallis Hall. The first report was a raid of the house and Hallis Hall. And so Hallis Hall, the Chicago Bears are saying, what are you talking about? We've not been raided. No one has said, including folks at Hallis Hall, that Alan Williams' home was not somehow involved in something so there's that as to your question absolutely all the time look back in my miami herald days we had people that were what we call cops reporters that's what they do i would cover the nfl they cover cops and if there's ever a time where the two meet then myself and the cops reporter would meet and we each deal with the people that are familiar with us and we are familiar with, and we go forward and try to bring the whole kitten caboodle together to present as factual a picture as we can. How much does this feel like back to on the field matters that we can, we can speak on. Um, how much does it feel like an elimination game between the Vikings and the chargers th this weekend when those two teams face off trying to avoid Oh, and three. Wow. Loser leaves town. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it it definitely is a uh, – I don't know that I'd call it an elimination game. We decided that it's an elimination game. I'm asking you, does, it, does it feel I, that way to you with I, these two teams? You know why it's an elimination game? For, it, it is for one team, the Chargers, because they have a week five bye – 
and they play the Vikings and the Raiders coming up. And Staley need he needs to win. If they're zero and four going into the bye week, he's done. That's different <laughs> because I thought you were saying about eliminating. Oh, yeah. Is it an elimination game for Staley is a different question. Is what, is it what should I'm be. Saying, yeah. I mean, I thought the last look, the first two games that he's put on tape uh, this year have been horrible. We talked about it. I talked about it with uh, Donovan McNabb on the podcast and the five spot. And in my estimation, he has done the worst job of any coach in the NFL this year so far because he has gotten the least amount of production with the most amount of talent. He has wasted, I don't know if I've used this before on this show, but if I haven't, let's just be on the record right now. He is wasting Justin Herbert. Last year, Justin Herbert gave him a 27 to seven advantage in the playoffs games at halftime and they lost the game last week uh first week of the season the chargers put up over 400 yards of offense but their defense brandon staley is a defensive coach by the way gave over gave up over 500 and lost the game by two points 38 to 36 i think the score was the point being that Brandon Staley, somehow it's not connecting for him. At least get, normally a, a coach who has never been a head coach, he can lean on his expertise, if nothing else. Brandon Staley's expertise is being a defensive coach. That's what he was with the Los Angeles Rams. And yet I saw him covering... Tyreek Hill, who is not new to the NFL and is not a secret in the NFL, covering him man to man over and over and over again. The next week, Bill Belichick facing Tyreek Hill played a three shell across the top and decided you may beat us, but Tyreek Hill is not going to beat us. And I think Tyreek Hill had 40 yards of, of reception yards. So that's how a coach does it. You don't let your their best player beat you. Brandon Staley challenged Miami Dolphins' best receiver and lost. And when he saw himself losing, continued to lose. Didn't adjust. They've scored 58 points in two games and haven't turned the ball over, and they're 0-2, just to put that in perspective. Uh, Armando Salguero with us. A couple minutes left here. I'm going to go rapid fire with you. Cam Akers traded to Minnesota. We'll stick on that game uh, to pair with Alexander Madison. And then uh, Kareem Hunt signed back to Cleveland with the Browns based on the injury to Chubb. What do you make of those two moves? Uh, There's a reason Kareem Hunt was on the street this year. One of it. One of them is he wanted a lot of money. He didn't have to, he didn't get that from Cleveland, but he got some. Yeah. Uh, Cam Akers, there's a reason why the Rams didn't want to deal with him anymore. And I get the feeling that Minnesota, unless Cam Akers changes the way he addresses his preparation, they'll find out. Joe Burrow, uh, day to day, he remains in that category on the injury report. 
Uh, man, you want to talk about panic mode. Cincinnati's in it right now. Still sore today. Look, uh, when you're still sore from a calf injury, those are maybe the worst, those soft tissue injuries, they're the worst in that uh, you figure yourself ready to go for a game day, you get yourself ready, and then the pop happens. The strain happens. And eventually it becomes not a day-to-day, it becomes a multiple-week type of injury. Looking at some of the 2-0 teams, Commanders uh, hosting the Bills. Um, let's see, the Bucks are hosting the Eagles. Who do the Falcons have? They're, they're on the road against Detroit. Of those 2-0 teams, is, is a victory over one of their opponents impacting your perception of them moving forward at, at 3-0? and who's, uh, who's at the Bills? Command, commanders. commanders are hosting the Bills. Command, yeah, Bills at, at Commanders. Look, the commanders we knew had uh, something that you need to be a contender, and that's a very good defense. They have that. Uh, They definitely have that. They get after the quarterback as well as anyone. If they can beat the Bills, uh, if Sam Howell, 3-0. and Yeah. And what does it say about the Bills to be 1-2? and That, yikes. I'm not anticipating Philly losing to Tampa, but I thought Tampa would be 0-2 and they're 2-0. That, I could also throw them in there. I, it's a validation week for all, all three of those 2-0 and teams. Armando, uh, thanks for validating this show by joining us weekly, and uh, congrats on the co-host, <laughs> the co-host of uh, The Five Spot with Donovan McNabb. It's been a great uh, first episode. We look forward to the, the one that debuts tomorrow. Actually, I feel validated by you guys anytime <laughs> you speak to me. Thank you. We are here to validate. That's the only reason we're here. Yeah. That my ticket. Thank we, you. Yeah, we're like a, a parking valet. Yeah. We're here to validate your ticket. Validate your, your being. That's what we do every day on this Thank show. Thanks, Armando. Thanks, Armando. The man. Like I said earlier, if you can't get along with him, you that's a you problem. Yep. You can't get along with, with anyone. Coming up, pick your poison, and it's no good answers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad loves the, uh, I've got the, what do you call this? It's on the table at the restaurants. Like the menu, but it's like. The the laminate? It's a laminate, but it's hard. You know, it's like plastic. Yeah. Um, Placard? This is a a broken one uh, here at Sixth and Peabody that I now have. We call that a placard? I don't know. We should just do a a game where you just uh, present an item and we have to guess what what the word is to describe it. Table what? Tent. Table tent. Oh, how about that? Table tent. Okay. This look like a tent to you? I got to be honest. I've never heard that term in my life. Table tent. We have heard of points bet. If you haven't taken your shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. Here's the big reason what why. What is a second chance bet, Hutton? I'm about to tell you I'm t- what please, it means. Please define it. Also. Exclusively for first-time points bet users, in grab full. this unique offer. 
Right now, new points bet users can get up to $1,000 in second chance bets. Chad, if what your is first a second bet, chance bet doesn't go as planned, uh, if, your, uh, if your first bet doesn't go as planned, Chad, points bet has your back with a second chance. Uh, you get this offering by going to outkick.com slash bet, outkick.com slash bet. You complete the registration process with points bet and you make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, well, that's when the second chance comes into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or over in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Head to outkick.com slash bet right now. Outkick.com slash bet to snag this offer. Um, I'm looking at some of the pick-your-poison options that Davey's about to present. Uh, the first one is impossible. It is brutal. And... I mean, let's get to it because we're going to have to talk through this. Davey, what do you have? Yeah, I think I'm just going to start doing the Mr. Burns excellent uh, thing. for <laughs> That's a very poison. good one. This, this first one, I feel like I'm going to have to go to therapy just to talk through how I'm going to defend any of these options. We're, we're, so, we've been doing this weekly, but uh, for yes. the third week, Davey, just explain the concept here. Yeah, for those who want to play along at home, the idea is I'm going to give Hutt and Chad some options, and they're all terrible options, but they have to pick your poison, pick the one that they will ultimately go with, even though it's not going to be good, no matter how you want to slice and dice it. And for our first one, titling this one, defend them at all costs. And what the guys are having to do is they're going to have to t pick one of three NFL players that obviously are bust, but they're going to have to pick the one that they believe should not be considered a bust compared to the other two quarterbacks. And our three quarterbacks to start us off, guy we actually talked about not too long ago, but Johnny Manziel, Josh Rosen, and Jamarcus Russell. Ted, let's break these down. Uh, Johnny Manziel, who uh, through, through the Untold series, we, we know just how crazy things were in Cleveland. He's leaving. He's, he's uh, putting on a disguise and a mustache and a hat and going to Vegas, going out partying. Um, wasn't watching film, and even he confirmed that just by holding up zero, making up with his, his fingers, zero. Um, and he's playing for the Browns. There's no way I can defend Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football in the NFL. He pulled it off in college, but far from it in the National Football League. I mean, I wish I could just say pass <laughs> on, on all of these. Well, pass is a good word to use on Manziel. The Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones passed on him. That's all you need to know. Uh, I have all, by the way, so I was. Well, you want to know a background story on Manziel? Yeah, go for it. I have been told that. So he was drafted was twentieth. Yeah, he was. He, he was, was drafted twentieth overall. I know. Oh, no, 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 no. Twentieth no. no. overall. I, I, I'm trying to compare him to Jamarcus Russell. This is no. what we're left with now in this. No, I'm, gonna, I'm giving a background story on Manziel. He was drafted twentieth in that draft, I believe. The Browns had two picks, and he was in the twenties. Uh, point being, the Patriots were around that selection. And I am told the Patriots were considering drafting Johnny Menzel, the New England Patriots. So, Would things have been different? No, based on how he approached uh, his job, his livelihood. No, it wouldn't have changed. Uh, but also, he would have been paired with... The, the Patriot way. This goes back. Johnny was the 22nd pick, but okay. the other Cleveland Browns draft pick in uh, the 2014 draft was the eighth overall pick of cornerback Justin Gilbert. Yeah, so no, I can't go with, uh, I can't go with Menzel. Uh, Jamarcus Russell, Chad. Jamarcus, so Jamarcus Russell uh, liked the purple drink, Sizzurp, 
right? Johnny Manziel uh, is what? He's diagnosed bipolar, and he's got his issues too. Like, I feel like you could uh, almost, again, we're being forced to pick our poison here. Jamarcus Russell picked his poison. It was purple drink. He got busted with codeine um, and, and purple drink. I mean, both those guys had ish, like legitimate issues. So I guess I could say, well, maybe they would have been good if they didn't have addiction problems and they didn't have mental issues when they got into the league, uh, which clearly, you know, Ryan Leaf has stated they really didn't deal with in the documentary about Johnny Manziel. There's still some pretty deep-seated issues going on there. So maybe those guys could have been talents and had good long careers if it wasn't for health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I've got to defend Josh Rosen, I guess, and just say it was a bad situation in Arizona. Caleb Williams doesn't even want to go there as the number one overall pick. Well, so, yeah. So right. I guess I'm defending Josh Rosen. Not many want the Browns either. But I also could, you know, kind of take the easy way out and say, well, if it wasn't for the addiction problems, then it would have been Manziel or Jamarcus Russell. Boy, this is a really bad one. So I, I mean, it's a really good one that Davey asked it. It's really bad that we're being forced to defend any, any of these three. My, my answer is Josh Rosen uh, because he was drafted by the wrong team at the wrong time. Bruce Arians had just announced his retirement. And the, the whole fit factor, we, we know what happened here. Kingsbury goes in and ends up drafting Kyler Murray with the, the very next year with the number one overall pick. Rosen went to a team that ended up having the another number one pick. He was a lot like what happened with Jacksonville when they took And then he went Lawrence. to Miami, right? He went to Miami team? and one other team, too, that I think took a flyer on him briefly. Maybe the I, I Bucks. I think it might have just been a practice squad Maybe the player. Bucks. Yeah, not good, but uh, at least in his case, uh, I can't point to... He uh, wasn't hooked on purple drink? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, 3-6 Mafia or or just anything in regards to Manziel. That's what we can say about Josh Rosen's career. Well, you know, he wasn't Jamarcus Russell. Cardinals, Dolphins, yeah. Bucks. You know what I've always squad, said about 49ers, Josh Rosen? Not Jamarcus Falcons. Russell. Yeah. So, yeah, let's go with Rosen. I, I, I'm with Hutton. I'll I, agree with him on that one. I would say Manziel, and the only reason I would defend him is because had he gone to a program that was stable, or not a program, but a franchise that was stable and had the resources necessary, necessary to probably help him out, which we know Cleveland isn't that, yeah. I, I would say he's probably got a better chance. Again, it's not an easy way to defend, but I would actually go with Manziel. Even- but see, like when we have Leaf on, you know, he, he'll say, if I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, right, was the example he brought up, I needed a stable organization, and the Chargers weren't it at the time, which didn't help him. I, I can buy that. Do I think that anywhere Manziel would have gone, he would have been in the film room studying a lot? No. And that was one of his biggest issues. Like he didn't want to work at it. So I don't know what organization would have helped him with that. I, I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, Davey. I just yeah. don't know who's going to help him. I think he still oh, would have been bragging no about the watching probably Zero is Film nobody, anywhere, But right? just given the history of the other programs and how they have just gone through quarterback after quarterback, yeah. obviously Cleveland has had the least success there. I mean, they're showing that to us right now with mortgaging their future on a guy who's not going to be able to – do anything well, for him. But I do think if he goes, for instance, what I'm told about the Patriots considering moving up and getting him, um, if they did that, he would be paired with Belichick instead of Mike Pettin, who was his rookie year head coach, who, you know, isn't he the guy that did was Did he on overlap the, with Freddie Kitchens? Was he the offensive coordinator there for Manziel? I think Dow Loggins was. And then Kitchens took over for a very brief time as head coach. Yeah. That was a disaster. Interim. Yeah. Again, it, the, the whole organization. It's all, it's all bad. 
guys, our next one, it's one of those infinite time loop situations, which uh, one of my favorite rom-coms is Palm Springs with Andy Samberg and uh, Kristen Milotti. But anyway, so pretty much what I thought you were going to say one of your favorite rom-coms was True Detective. Like time um, is a flat circle. I mean, it is, dude. That I, probably actually, is I, a rom-com yeah. remind, me, remind me after this segment. I'm going to send you guys a picture. The Dark and Sinner uh, know that You guys know that cute rom-com, True Detective, yes. about all the girls going missing very in dark rural, and sinister. rural It's Louisiana. my favorite. Uh, <laughs> but he loves unsolved it. mysteries. Yeah. It's, <laughs> what you have to do for this Pick Your Poison <laughs> is I'm going to give you three coaches at a stop, and you are going to have to live – with that coach being there on like a time loop for eternity. So you just have to keep reliving that same tenure year after so year after th- year. So this is my favorite team, and I have to pick this as the constant truth yes. of this team for eternity. Gotcha. Correct. And your options are Willie Taggart at Florida State, Chad Morris at Arkansas, or Les Miles at Kansas. I'm going to go Les Miles at Kansas. Ooh. Uh, simply because in this scenario, I'm a Kansas football fan, and it's been the worst program at the highest level for a while now, so I have very low expectations. And at least I've got a guy who's won a national title and you know eats grass and says interesting things. Uh, so regardless of how bad it was, and it's been bad at Kansas with a lot of coaches, and certainly it was bad with Les Miles, I'm, I'm definitively answering I'm a Kansas fan and Les Miles is my coach for eternity. So for eternity, do you, every year do you have allegations of inappropriate behavior? Yes, it's students? how that actually played out in real life. But that was that, it, just, that followed just him continues. from LSU. <laughs> so I love how I'm defending Les Miles now. Yeah. So it's like, that didn't happen in Lawrence, yeah. Kansas. That was in Baton Rouge, which we all know is just a very sinful and sinister culture down in the bayou. That, it, that's all that happened there. Don't worry about that. Okay. And it's not just the, the moment they start as the coach. It's like the process of hiring them as well. That goes into that. It's like, oh, wow, we're getting this guy. Like, whenever Florida State fans are like, hey, oh, we're going to Oregon. And we're miles getting, then. We're getting Willie Taggart. That the Sun Salt Mystery music just gets me every time. Tingly. Rom-com. Yes. Uh, I, I think the answer in that case of your description would be Les Miles. However, Chad Morris at Arkansas, not a, not a fit, but the excitement about changing the way that we were going to see the offense, I mean – there was a buzz about it, and then there was a thump as they bottomed out with Chad Morris. Yeah, it was a big-time hire at the time. It felt like. He was the hot name. Didn't, didn't work out. All right, guys, so our final one. Worst ways to die. Okay. I, Faces of death. Yeah, with Davey I, I mean, I could give you poison, but that's a little too on the nose given the name of the segment. So your options are instead. See, Davey finishes the night with True Detective as his favorite rom-com yeah. to kind of ease himself into bed after watching Faces of Death, Volume Four. This is what we're learning. Th- these are easy. I mean, I could have gone with some Final Destination type ways, but it, these are simple: buried alive, drowning, or burning to death. Little pick me up in the segment. I think it's burning. I think burning too. Strangely enough, I uh, think it's the most intense, but the quickest. Uh, I think drowning would be. I think drowning you would think be the quickest. It'd be the quickest way to go. I think so. I, I hate both options. Uh, buried alive <laughs> is just like. I mean, that's why they put like a bell or whatever above, above uh, tombstones, right? Because they would hook up. Uh, they would have a a string down to the casket. So if someone were you know, just not dead. This know. is something else that I'm learning today. They, I didn't, I didn't know there were bells the above. I can't above remember the, what time period that was. Well, it was before embalming because you had to bury the body before, you know, it 
uh, decomposed. So they they would just in case they were burying they, they, alive. Apparently that was people. an issue. Yeah. Wow. They just throw you in the ground. Uh, I would hate that too. However, I you know, burnt be burning a lot. That that would be uh, awful, awful, excruciating pain prior to death. David, do you have an answer for this one? Yeah, it's drowning. I uh, feel like you could go out pretty easily. At least the water. I'm mean, if it's ice cold water, that would be a little less enticing. Well, if you lose consciousness quickly, you, oh, yeah. you can go out. But this is worst ways. You're you're like validating oh. why you want to go out that way. It's your yeah, question. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. I'm, I'm trying to think of the... Like, what are we choosing? Or, or like, worst way to die? What is the worst way to die? Or which way would we choose? It says worst, worst ways. Worst ways to die. I, I am Well, you put worst ways way. to die, yes. but how do you I'm ask not, it? Is it what we... I took it as how would I choose to die? I didn't even think this through. I'll put oh, that, I wasn't that one's choosing. on me. I was choosing how not to. Yeah, I was choosing how I would want to go between the three. Yeah, I got, I got myself like in a little bit of a Like picking between the worst right ways to die. Definitely put myself in a conundrum. Uh, Meanwhile, these guys thought I was saying, uh, man, pain right before death. Give me, no, give me I would, a... No, uh, I, bur- I would pick burning. Of the three, buried, I'd pick burning because I think it would go, go the quickest. Buried alive would be the worst so. way for the simple fact of you sit there and you actually have time to think about you know you're dying. May we all not go this way. That's my yeah. solemn prayer for everyone in this room and everyone watching and listening right now. May Yes, everyone. May we all go peacefully in our sleep. At a very old age. We could be so fortunate with that. Coming up, we've got uh, the big headlines, big injury in the NFL, and a bit later, one big thing on every NFL game.